All right, we got to stop the train. And All right, uh, we got to start the show. We got to start the show. <laughs> okay, gotta start the show, or else I'm gonna <laughs> 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 take tear machine. What the heck just happened? It's oh like 80 God. degrees in my house. I'm sweating through my big dog shirt and I'm crying. I need help. Welcome to The Crunch. It is your boy, Ethan. And I'm Patrick. What have you done since last we spoke? Well, oh, so not including the mass unfollowing that we just did? Yeah, I'm talking about things that matter. (laughs) (laughs) How dare you? First of all, that matters to me. First of all, Twitter's important. Second of all. (laughs) First of all, how dare you take this away from me? Second of all. Um, um, well, I, I read a lot of books. Yeah. You've been on the big, the big reading game. (laughs) You've been reading or something. Yeah. Um, what did you, what did you read? I read, uh, so good. They can't ignore you by Cal Newport. He's one of my favorite authors. He's like a, uh, he's a computer science professor at Georgetown and, um, he, writes books about the deep life mm. which is what he calls it so he wrote a book called deep work and digital minimalism oh yes he doesn't have a twitter or an instagram and he's a new york times best-selling author so he's kind of like hey screw you guys you don't need any of these he's, things he's your idol is who he is he's everything he is an idol. you want to be he's what i want to be when i grow up right he's a he's like a professor is, and he writes books and he doesn't go on the internet which is just to say he's everything you want to be meaning published Yes. <laughs> You'll get there. You'll get there. I'll get there eventually. Ave I mean, Maria! <laughs> How dare you? Oh, my gosh. Yeah, but, I mean, if you think about it, it's like, <laughs> I'm 23 today. Happy birthday. Whoa, to hold on. And, uh, Back it up. Oh, yeah, it's my birthday. Yeah. Sorry, that's the other thing that I did since we last spoke. I turned 23. I was going to I was gonna do a lead-in from this question to a happy birthday thing, but you ruined it. You st- this is the worst birthday ever. I can't believe you do this to me. <laughs> this is the worst birthday of your life. <laughs> do you like that picture that was posted on the Crunch Patrons page? Who knew that you'd get exclusive Pat content on if you became a patron at patreon.com slash the crunch and joined the Crunch Patrons Facebook page, which has a picture right now sitting pretty right at the top of it of Patrick in 2013 making a soy boy face. <laughs> How dare you? First of all, I was 17. No, I wasn't. Was I? How old? I don't know. That was uh, seven years ago. So do the I math. was, I don't want to do the math. I was 16. There you go. <laughs> that's that um, That's that 23-year-old brain working overtime. <laughs> working overtime. Look at that fully matured brain. Um, yeah, so who who would have, so because the the Hermione to my Harry Potter, one of my childhood best friends, Muriel, um, who lives in Ireland now? Shout out Muriel. She's on the Patreon page. So she lives in Ireland. She lives in Ireland. Yeah. May I ask why? She's an engineer in Ireland, and she she has three citizenships. That's too many. So her you, you her mom only, is from Ireland. I don't know too much about biology, but I do know that you can only <laughs> that you can only live in one place at a time. 
Well, her mom is from Ireland. Her dad's from Chile. Okay. And so she has an Ireland citizenship and a Chilean citizenship and an American citizenship because she was born here. I bet when she when she makes a loaded baked potato, it goes off. <laughs> you put chili. It's like you put chili on a baked deeper. potato. That was the the joke there. <laughs> yeah, that's great. Thanks. Well, I mean, she's Irish, so she doesn't have potatoes. <laughs> um. Uh, so anyway, I don't know if that's like a bad joke. <laughs> I don't. I don't. I think. I think, given the fact that we're joking about coronavirus now, the Irish should be over the potato famine in 2020. <laughs> at least, like at it's, least. we're four weeks past the uh, the whole shutdown, and we're good with joking about it. So I think, yeah. I mean, they've they've had you know they had far and away. They had a movie, you know, so like they're fine. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I I do I will say that Americans are 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 horrible when it comes to joking about Tr- national, national tragedies. <laughs> it's like immediately after it happens. Yeah. I mean, there's a comedian who's like made his his living. Anthony Jeselnik. He like has made his Twitter living off of tweeting about tragedies the day they happen and making a joke about them. Yikes. I could see. Yeah, I well, could see maybe the next day, but not. Maybe that's of. that's a strong maybe depending on the tragedy. He says that he says that he always knows when something bad happens, and one of his friends goes, "Anthony, don't do it. Mm. Don't say anything." That's so. That's not this. Is time. that how you want to make your living? I mean, it works. I guess he has three specials on Netflix tours. It's one way to. I mean, here's the thing: Twitter is the best place to do it because everyone will be like, "Wow, this is part of the problem." With America and our society, as and they like, as Pope Benedict the Sixteenth said, we live in a society. (laughs) You didn't see my tweet about this, but I I posted. I posted this picture of the Joker sitting against a wall, Uh sad, and it said, "When everyone's inside and no one lives in a society." (laughs) (laughs) That's pretty Uh, funny. Yeah, that was the exact reaction that Twitter had. (laughs) (laughs) I think. I think Twitter is uh, growing cold to our brand of humor. Which is yeah, which is know, to we, say, we Twitter's peaked. growing cold to real comedy. <laughs> I think the only the only bastion left is podcasting. For what real jokes? Yeah, I guess. This is my unironic no for re, for not only real jokes but also like actual conversations about real things. Yeah, but that's well, that's the funny thing is that we're all we're doing is talking. So it's funny that we're saying that talking is the last bastion for talking. <laughs> <laughs> No, 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 we're not just we've talking, really, we're also recording we, it and publishing we've it. We've really unlocked something here. What? What are we doing? We're, we are dis- Human communication. We are discussing. <laughs> somebody, somebody call the New York Times and tell them, millennials, millennials are killing conversation. One podcast just, is bringing it back. What are they doing? Talking. Talking. <laughs> I I read, that, I read that book, Amusing, Your, Amusing Ourselves to Death, and I... I one my I I also okay again I started I started posting on the blog again that's another thing that I did patheavy.blog yeah, happy birthday yeah, boy. wish patrick a happy birthday by visiting him on his vlog no his blog, blog. at pat patnevy.blog and give it a good old thumbs up a little like a little share reno and maybe a comment that'll one 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 thing that's different about the blog is it's not it's no longer patricknevy.home.blog.whatever <laughs> you know it's now patnevy.blog which is nice nice and much cleaner mm-hmm. and also i um i found a website that uh, it's like apparently it's like a really popular website you get these like you can get uh, royalty free photos that are like professionally done so people like 
take pride in making nice photographs and putting them on this on this Creative Commons website. And they're all, I I I, may, I put uh, like these really hip pictures on all my posts. So now the the blog is like much more visually pleasing, which I didn't care about before. I was like, I just want to write. Um, but yeah, so I posted something about. Um, by the time this is out, my most recent one is about uh, the twenty five books I read during the first three months of the year. Dang, I've read and one uh, of the recommendations. I I did three recommendations: one about theology, one about communication, and one about uh, personal effectiveness. And uh, the communications one is Amusing Ourselves to Death, which is one that was recommended to me by Leah Murphy. And um, it is about communication and how, like, it's about television. And this is written 25 years ago. And it's about how television, because it's, like, not in, it's not entertainment, it's infotainment. So it's not, he's like, I don't care about The Simpsons. I don't care about, first of all, Matt Groening, the creator of The Simpsons, on the back of the book, wrote a review. And the, all the review said was, guilty as charged. <laughs> which is just such a funny thing to say. But uh, he's more, he's like, I care more about the uh, uh, 60 Minutes and Sesame Street yeah, we- because it replaces news and it replaces education. Mm-hmm. And um, to your point, uh, he was on 60 Minutes talking about this and he was like, for instance, we can't have a conversation on this show even though we're sitting across from each other and we're looking like we're, we're putting on all the all the trappings of a conversation. But this this conversation, this train of thought is going to be interrupted in like, what, 30 seconds by a commercial break? And Walter Cronkite was like, it's more like 10 seconds. Like we're going to have to stop in 10 seconds. But podcasting, you can go on for as long as you want. And, and, it, and it's proven that people will listen. They'll actually listen. So it shows that like we're kind of rebelling against what television did because it was like, it was media controlled by corporations that want money. And this is controlled by us who just wants good things, you know? Yeah. So. Uh, be on the lookout. If anybody's interested in putting ads on our podcast, please let me know. Uh, <laughs> we're, I'm rebelling against the podcast medium by making it more like television. We're making it more like television. That's why you put them. That's why you put them at the beginning. Yes. Or at the end. I, uh, um, I've read six books this year, which is, that's good. Which is not high. Um, I started reading, it's funny because Focus gives us these books, and I started reading one of them. I got about a third of the way into it before I realized, like, that it was from 1998, and which just doesn't mean it's good or bad. It, but it was a catechetical book on like the f- scripture and the mystery of the family of God. I think is what it's called, mm-hmm. and it has uh, different chapters from like Dr. Scott Walker Hahn, Tim Gray, Ted Shree, Curtis Martin, who apparently Ted Shree and Curtis Martin were like alive and kicking back in 1998. Who knew? Um, yeah right but scott Hahn made a passing reference to like being in his 40s and i was like this no way no chance hold on (laughs) and so i went back and i saw how old it was and then i realized like everything i was reading i was giving it a fair chance i was reading it and then i was like i've heard all of this before and i think it's because it's been adopted into every talk that i've heard for the past you know 10 years of my life wait is it that playbook book with all four of them on the cover no 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 not that one it's just like oh, I've, oh it's just you know what I'm the, talking about yeah, though. Yeah, yeah. It's just and there's a chapter by Jeff Cavins. It's like just crazy how I mean, obviously it shows one that the truths of the faith are immutable and unchangeable, but two, it also shows how we haven't figured out a new way to talk about them. It, uh, it also shows that we haven't found new people to talk exactly, about. Exactly, because it's like oh, Jeff Cavins is talking about the Bible timeline. Oh, Scott Hahn is talking about the the Father again. Yeah, like not that that's bad, but it's just like, oh man, no, it's not. I've heard all these people in person say everything that they're saying in this book, and I'm just like, wow. 
kind of crazy. So I would have seven books read, but I stopped reading that one because I was bored. And I think <laughs> I think more people... And that's okay because it was written in 1998. Yeah. I think more people need to be willing and to it's... stop reading whatever they're reading because it's boring. Like reading has become such like a hurdle these days. It's like, oh, I bought this book on Amazon, so I have to finish it. It's like, no, you don't. Stop reading it and go find a different book that you like more and then keep that one. And maybe in five years you'll read it. But that's that's okay. That's the best part about books is that like you have them and you see them and eventually something in your brain goes, Oh, I want to read that. And yeah, I don't know. I feel like a professor because for the first time in my life, I have a bunch of books stacked around me on my desk and I feel very. (laughs) (laughs) It's fun, right? Yeah, it is Uh, because I'm reading like six books right now in addition to the. If you read as long as you read more books than you did last year, you're good. Yeah. Eventually, eventually you're going to hit a critical point, though. Yeah, you're going to hit a critical point. Like, I th- I honestly believe that 100 for me is the max. And that I might be wrong. I might get to a point where that's wrong. But, because literally, it's only 100 because I'm in, I'm counting audiobooks. But only half can be audiobooks. I can't listen to only audiobooks. Yeah. Because I need to, I need to read. But anyway, last last year I hit almost 75. And so, that's like, crazy. this is only a little increment higher, right? And so, like, I didn't wake up a couple of days and go be like, uh, you know what? I'm just gonna read 100 books this year. <laughs> You've been thinking it's about it. It's gotta be an increase. It's discerned. Last year, I feel like I read so much more last year, and it's because I did. I read 23 books last year, which is like not a lot, but it's more than so, I read the year before like that. Two a month. Yeah, and so that's good. Yeah, and so now I'm trying to like branch out because I read a lot of science fiction last year, and this year four. Out of the six books I've read have been science fiction, so glad that uh, we're doing that. <laughs> I only read three theology books this year so far. Nice. Look at you go. I just haven't. Like, I've, I've been, and that's a victory for me because it means I'm branching out. But anyway, it means this podcast will be about more. Anyway, but I just I just need to say this real quick. I didn't realize that those guys have all been around since 1998. Oh, yeah. They've been, they've been kicking since we were babies. Yeah, since we were kicking in our mother's wombs. Our womb, the wombs of our moms, yes. you know, and it's like at, at a certain point, what happens is like these, they, their speaking schedules get so like logged, they all start cutting back and they're like, I'm only doing a couple because I can only do a couple and they need to be big Yes, because I'm not doing, I'm not like, I'm not just going to go do a conference with like 10 people at it. And that's fine. You, you, that's, you're allowed to make those decisions. They're not, they're not prideful for making those, taking those boundaries, but like, as soon as a speaker gets to that point, it's time to find some new ones. Like, it's fine. They can still, like, do their thing. But, like, when someone gets so big that they can't walk around at a conference without getting mobbed, right? Like, it's time for them to, like, you know, just do the big conferences and then have other yeah. people do the small ones. Matt Fred is big. He is. Some, some might say too big to fail. What? <laughs> like, is that, like, a reference like, or something? Like the banks in 2007? Like Wells Fargo. <laughs> Please help. I'm I'm so lonely. <laughs> All I have is the economy. And I don't even have that. <laughs> will anybody? Will somebody Can please someone, think about the economy? Nobody's thinking about how this this affects the economy. Uh, I think speaking of 2007, uh, not that I had social media in 2007, even though I desperately wanted to create a Wizards 101 account. Um, oh gosh. <laughs> I asked my mom to do Toontown, I think, and she looked oh, she yeah. looked she at the website, no. saw that it was rated E and controlled by Disney, and said, you could meet strangers on this. I, you're not allowed to. 
and then <laughs> not not a couple years later I was playing World of Warcraft. <laughs> so, you know, shout out to my mom. She tried. I never met any strangers. She wasn't wrong. Though. You can meet strangers there. You can meet strangers. I was not allowed to type in the chat box. So mm. that's and I did even though they weren't like watching over my shoulder, I did stick to that rule because I was terrified that my dad would find out somehow. I don't know. But <laughs> anyway, let's uh, honestly, I feel like the people the people that are going to try and do stuff to children are going on Toontown to do it. You know, it's like they're not going on World of Warcraft to be like, maybe I'll meet a 13 year old. You know, what really <laughs> happens is the people who are trying to meet 13 year olds start playing World of Warcraft, and end up getting addicted to the game and then they're busy doing high-level raids. They're like, wait, why did I get on here in the first place? And then they stop being a pedophile. <laughs> so shout out to World of Warcraft for being so addicting that you stop crimes from happening. <laughs> That's a plug. I'm not even paid by Blizzard. Oh, man, I hate that. But also, every time I log on to the, the youth group Discord, Father Anthony is playing World of Warcraft. Really? I and I just need everyone to know this. I think it's great. I think it's such a meditative game. I've talked about this on the show. Did I talk about this last week? I don't think so. Well, no. I think it's great because in other games, like let's say you're playing Call of Duty, all you can do is shoot the gun. And if you don't <laughs> if you don't shoot the gun, then you're not playing the game. Um or with FIFA or 2K or whatever, right? You might be able to play it with people, but you can really only play what the game is. With World of Warcraft, I spent 30 minutes running around uh trying to gather up as many people as I could to go to the throne room of the capital city and stand around the king and <laughs> and eat the king. Where you, where you just sit around him and you just type slash eat to gain his power. And then we ran to the next city. And we got like five people to run with us. And then we became friends with them. Be- if I because we were just was being a stupid. World of Warcraft. Yeah. It's not even the game. If I was a Warcrafter, I would simply eat the I king. I would simply eat the king. Listen, Magni Bronzebeard makes for a great snack, okay? I, <laughs> I demand respect from the gaming community. Um, I also just think it's good because you can do stupid stuff like that, which is a lot more like real life than playing whatever else. So that's my plug. I'm sticking to it. Hot take time machine. Hot take take time machine. Welcome to Hot Take Time Machine. Hot Take Time Machine is the part of the show where we take a look back at the prime of our social media posting lives. If you have a hot take, five years or older, please, please, for the love of all that is good and holy, send us an email, <laughs> info at thecrunchcast.com or just patrick at thecrunchcast.com. Ethan, do you have a hot take for us? Yes. Um, how do you have that, that so down? Oh. oh my gosh, I lost Ethan. I'm here. Hey, baby. My question was, how do you have the the script for the Hot Take Time Machine so good? How do you do that? Oh, um, uh, I don't know. I think it's because I wrote it, and also, I don't know, I did radio for a while. We're doing radio right now. It's true. I feel like Larry King when I turn on this podcast. Um, I do have a hot take. Let me read it to you. It says... Uh, well, this is from April 19th, 2015. It was at 5.51 p.m. That's from Apropostle. It says, <clears throat> Hearing a girl sing, Precious body, precious blood, from memory. Hard eyes emoji. <laughs> Bonk. <laughs> that, that's me hitting you with a stick. You must now go to thirsty jail. Bonk. <laughs> I really, Bonk. I don't know. I, ha- I have it a, an imagine who that might be about because I was in high school and, but, that's 
that's such a specific thing. It's like, ah, she had a song from the Gather Hymnal memorized. Wow. She's really wife material, huh? That reminds me of my the time that my pastor asked us to sing more traditional songs at our contemporary mass, and we chose Gather Us In. <laughs> really? Which is like, looking back, that's like hilarious. But like back then, we were like, yeah, that's obviously more that's, traditional than a song. exactly what he wanted, though. It's, no, it is. <laughs> yeah, knowing, knowing what I know about priests in Florida, uh, that's probably exactly the alley. <laughs> Wearing time, Hawaiian shirts underneath. One time, a priest in Florida told me that uh, uh, the people who most understood how to be, uh, like, uh, I guess, meek like a Christian were Martin Luther King and Gandhi. And so, I don't know. I mean, Martin Luther King, obviously Christian. Gandhi, very much not a Christian. So, I don't know yeah. what uh, what the deal was with that. But he, the church that was, it was so weird. It didn't really look like a church, but he... The old women there loved him, and I would imagine that it's exactly the same in every other. Florida. It's not exactly the same, but I mean, it was that was he saying that those are the only people in history who have ever we were talking about understood the, Christianity? No, we were talking about civil disobedience, and oh. it was the turn the other cheek passage. Gotcha. And I think he just saw the movie with Ben Kingsley, where in the <laughs> movie Ben Kingsley as Gandhi talks about turning the other cheek and how he likes that passage. Yeah, and Gandhi might have said that in real life, but I think it's my suspicion that he took that to mean, oh, Gandhi was a great example of the Christian virtue of turning the other cheek, which <laughs> I just, I just, it just rubbed me the wrong way the way he said it. It's like I don't think you want to list any maybe saints. Like, yeah, sure, Martin <laughs> Luther King is great, but what about? The people who get burned alive <laughs> for civilly disobedience. Or like that one time that Jesus got killed and didn't do anything about it. Yeah, <laughs> like, hold on. That's probably about the this, best example. How about this Jesus guy, right? What are we talking about him for? Um, yeah, it's just, it's one of those things where it's like, I don't know, it's just over, over, uh, overreaching and like trying desperately to appeal to people that aren't Christian. Trying desperately to people who, uh, saw the oscars the year that gandhi came out what year did gandhi come out i don't know i didn't know it was 1982 movie. goodness gracious <laughs> you were at a mass in 1982 i um, was i was but yeah it's it's just we people people do that sometimes and it comes from a place of like i want to show that like not only christians can be good people but it yeah. just ends up sounding like pandering and it's very transparent it's like it's yeah. like when people go out of their way to make sure that everyone knows that they're trying to be inclusive and all are welcome here it's like that song all are welcome wow. when you sing all are welcome over and over again it makes you feel really good but it makes someone who is like new feel very uncomfortable sounds like you're in a cult is what it sounds like it does it does i don't like that i don't like i don't like there's a lot of things i don't like but this is a positive podcast especially in these uncertain times i think it would be wise to stay positive pat do you have a, another tweet um i have a okay you said positive oh, this no. is less than oh no it's not unpositive it just shows you who i was and what the world looked like in 2015 oh baby i'm ready um <laughs> this comes from from april 2015 people like posting memes that argue hot button in quotes issues <laughs> mostly because word pictures made by someone you've never met are watertight arguments and commonplace in the public forum if your argument can fit on a meme the issue probably isn't important to you if a philosophy can fit in a nutshell it belongs in one i think that's a chesterton quote maybe it's a chestnut quote 
Heyo. Boom. <laughs> if a philosophy can fit in a nutshell, it belongs in one. That's kind of funny. I think what I'm referring to, I vaguely remember the meme, was like, it was like a pro-choice meme about like a girl who ordered a steak and then someone brought her the steak and was, and she's like, actually, I don't want the steak anymore. And they're like, okay, you have to eat it. You ordered it. And she's like, no, I don't want the steak. She's like, you should be, she, you can send food back at a restaurant. And I'm like, okay, first of all, again, what? you still have to pay for the steak if you ordered it. So that's a really bad analogy, but also that's not like a person. And so yeah. I, I think I was mad about that. Yeah. <laughs> this is my son. He's medium rare. Wait, what? <laughs> See how pink the skin is? That's an indication of it. No, there's no other than, no. Other than maybe being about the same size if you get a really big steak, there's no no similarities. I think, I think that comparing kids to food is bad. Oh my gosh. I found something so much better and so much worse by just scrolling down a little bit. Oh, wonderful. I just found a, a, a life teen... Oh no! A life teen April Fool's joke. Did you called, make it, or um, did life the life teen account make? It? Life teen made this. Oh, even life better. Teen, we're about oh, to it's so good. We're about to put the brand on blast. No one's safe. Youth menace Tinder. Oh, oh no! <laughs> Catholic singles have a new way to mingle. I don't know if this is supposed to be finding the best youth minister or if it's for youth ministers youth to minister each other. To- Either way, I'm calling the police. <laughs> um. <laughs> that's the only reason to become a youth minister right is to find and date another youth minister i think so and then oh let's let's get our churches together and have a retreat hey uh, hey, hey it's an unlisted video we struck gold baby <laughs> they pulled this off the internet <laughs> probably, probably because they eventually realize what tinder is actually for <laughs> they're like oh it's just an innocent dating app right yeah oh my gosh Okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna download this before someone at Life Team listens to this episode and pulls and it takes, off of the yeah, YouTube channel. <laughs> takes it takes the whole thing down. We need that. We need that as blackmail. Sorry, case, Leah. I'm not our, gonna put it dad, anywhere. <laughs> in case our dad Mark Hart ever rises up against us. <laughs> in case no, it's like it's like they become too powerful. They must be destroyed. It puts on the Infinity Gauntlet. <laughs> Oh man, okay, it's being downloaded. If anyone wants it, they can find it on patnevy.blog. Hey oh <laughs> that's um that's a joke. You can't that's do that. That's that's copyright. Stealing is what you just did. <laughs> that's just called stealing. Um I'm definitely downloading this in 1080p. Thank you. Attaboy. All right. Um <laughs> Do you wanna do you wanna do this podcast together now or you wanna keep downloading videos from the internet? Um the podcast. Okay, okay. Okay, okay. You 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 convinced me. I'll do the podcast. <laughs> Thanks. You're so generous with your time. I'm a benevolent co host. <laughs> okay. I don't have any Dr. Ethan's dating corners for you, which it's is like so, the biggest the biggest sad in the history of sads. It, it is. Well, I think the problem is is that nobody's going out and meeting anybody. There's no dating <laughs> advice to be had right now. The only dating advice anybody need to be like, Oh, should I reply to this person's instagram story for the fourth time today and the answer is always no the answer is always yes never mind dr ethan has a degree Um, who knows maybe someone emailed me like in the podcast since we started and they have a crunch or a dr ethan's eating course maybe nothing nope that's (laughs) unfortunate i do have one more hot take that i can i can share uh just to tide us over um this is from april 23rd 2015 
eight retweets, nine likes. So this really struck a nerve. Wow. Um, yeah, I know. Your faith journey will not be perfect. You will fall down, in all caps. But remember that Christ will always help you up, and all you have to do is ask. That's so pure and good. Gosh, just just pay me already. Pay me to come. <laughs> just pay me to come to your church. <laughs> pay me to come to your church. I had aspirations then. What do I have now? N- nothing. I have a puzzle that's one sixteenth of the way done sitting on my coffee table. <laughs> I have no gigs. Or my next gig is in is in May of twenty twenty one. I've been Which is great. Speaking of puzzles, I've been puzzing a lot lately. Really? You down to puzz? I'm no. <laughs> you're, like, you're like Patrick's reading a hundred books. I'm gonna do a hundred puzzles. I'm well. It's a one thousand piece puzzle, and each piece is unto itself like a book. Ah, I see. Did you hear that just now? What? It sounded like in my kitchen. Alexander dropped something big and metal, and then I barely heard him go, "Oh." <laughs> I didn't hear it, but I, I hope love he's that. okay. He's been making bread. <laughs> he's been making bread for four weeks. Is everyone doing that? Is everyone making bread? Well, here's the thing: is I don't know if you know anything about bread, but you got to have starter and in order yeah. in order to apparently in order to make the starter that takes three weeks in and of itself. And so, for the yeast to like make babies with other yeast and boil or something, I don't know what it does. I don't know, but. Um, Alexander's like I've oh, definitely four made weeks ago. Alexander, really? Yeah. Yeah. See, I don't. I don't really understand. It. I just trust him. Four Everyone's weeks ago, like, oh, sourdough starter, and I'm like, yeah. So it's like a bread maker, right? It's like a machine you put on your kitchen counter. But no, it's like a it's like a science experiment. It really is. It's like like when oh. you would plant a lima bean in first grade and put it out by the window, and then it would turn into a butterfly. Yeah. Yeah. Um, a chrysalis. So uh-huh. so four weeks ago, Alexander said, I'm gonna start baking. I said, okay, sounds good. And we had like some flour and he goes to Costco about two weeks into his baking experiment and comes home. No, mind you, he's made, (laughs) he's made nothing yet. Nothing has been made. Nothing at all. He made a couple pancakes. That's, that's about it. He He comes home, he comes home with a 75 pound bag of flour. (laughs) 75 pounds? I, it was the size of a fifth grader. He had it over his shoulder. <laughs> that's so much flour. They, how many? Okay, how many pounds knew. of flour to a bread? That's to like one less, bread, like one one pound. He would, and the thing is, is we're only going to be here for like thirty more days. So you have to make <laughs> two loaves of bread per day, every day, in between now and when he's going to move away. And he's so, put it. He's like <laughs> he puts his suitcase through the through the X ray machine at TSA. Like, sir, what is this? It takes one block. It takes up your entire suitcase. He's like, oh yeah, that's just a bag of flour. The, okay, here's the. <laughs> so they recorded me because they knew that I was going to be upset. It's like when you would uh, try to do the bits, like the visual gags, whenever we would log on to the podcast. You know? Yeah. It's like they knew I was going to be angry, and so because it's like because first of all, I know that he's not going to use all that flour. I know for a fact he will not use all of that flour. No way. Hell will freeze over. And, but I like, his reasoning was, oh, they were out of flour at the store, which I'll grant him that. They were out of flour at the store for a minute when they announced like the shutdown. Okay, great, cool. But you could wait like four days and buy a a five pound bag of flour when they restock. (laughs) I don't know. I, listen, I'm trying to speak quietly so as to not, uh, uh, I don't want him to hear me, 
now. He'll hear me later when he listens to this. But am I am I out of line? This is a this is a Dr. Patrick's baking corner. Am I out of line <laughs> for being upset at my roommate for buying seventy five pounds of flour that I know he's not going to use and will leave here when he moves away? He's going to leave it. <laughs> okay, maybe not, that. There's not enough room in his car to take it with him. <laughs> maybe you're upset because he leaves it there. But then you have flour forever. What the Think heck am I going to do with that much flour? Make pancakes. I've Make got, bread. Make I've, waffles. No, I have Hungry Jack mix pre-made <laughs> for that. That's that's full of sugar. You don't need none of that. It's full of something. Uh, <laughs> it's full of deliciousness. Is what it's I of. yeah. So just Phoebe uh, made me pancakes this morning for my birthday. Aw, chocolate you, chip pancakes, man. Remind me again. You guys are living together. No, no, no. I live at her house now. <laughs> uh huh. So you? Oh, okay. So you are living together. I live in a separate building. I'm sleeping you, in in the mm-hmm. garage apartment. Then how did she make you pancakes? I walked over to the main house and she had made pancakes. Sounds suspiciously like what it would be like <laughs> if you lived with someone. Stop trying to stop trying to get me canceled. I'm gonna send I this, don't like this. I'm gonna send this to COVID a, has canceled everything. I'm gonna send this Please to a canon lawyer me. and you're gonna be in trouble, buddy. Buster, <laughs> Buster Brown. Someone someone in like a clerical collar walks up to me like, Are you Patrick Nevitt? Yes, you've been served by Ethan Stevie for breaking canon law. <laughs> Where's the badge? Show me the show me the badge. Show me the badge. Listen, oh, man. I uh I don't know I don't have much to talk about, but it is Holy Week, so we could talk about that if you want. Mm-hmm. Um, in a very special holy penitential. By the, by the time this comes out, it's going to be Easter. I understand that, but it's not Easter yet, and it feels presumptive to talk about Easter. Because I don't even. Yeah, know we if, don't know if Jesus is going to rise. We don't. It. We don't know if Easter is going to happen. They've been saying. People have been telling me. You can't have Easter without the economy. <laughs> That's why they call them Easter egg economies. Easter eggs. The you know where the E in economy comes from? Easter. Easter. That's what they call them the Easter bunny. It's a bunny market. The bunny market goes up and down, up and down, up and down, up and down. That's uh that brings us to crunch on that. Pat, take it away. Okay. Can you run it back at the beginning? One more time. I don't think it rhymed. (laughs) Oh, man. 
didn't. I didn't plan. I was not planning on going that. That long. was no. You did great. I love the perseverance. I <laughs> dang man. I love. I love you two songs. Honestly, <laughs> Bono just has a gift. Hey, thank you for listening to this episode of The Crunch. Sorry to interrupt what I'm sure is a stimulating intellectual conversation, but I wanted to pause the episode real quick to let you hear from some of our sponsors. We will be back right after this. Uh, I couldn't get that last voice crack under control. It just gets <laughs> <It> was really <laughs> it's like a bunny market. I was just down. about to say that. <laughs> the bunny economy and Patrick's voice vocal nodules. Oh, man. Nope, vocal cords. <laughs> That's the episode, everybody. I can't talk anymore. Well done. Yeah, you're you're relieved of duty, Captain. Oof. Uh, so, so what are we talking about? <laughs> yeah, that's here's the thing. Um, as I've said previously on this show, nothing has happened in my life that is of any interest other than my complete spiritual collapse. And so I ah. figured I figured that could be fuel for some content. <laughs> you know, it's a what else is this podcast for if not to help me process how I'm such so bad at being a Christian. We can talk about that. Yeah. I mean, if you want to, we don't have to, but it's literally all that's happened. I have something to say in response, but let's talk about it. You will go start with your response first. Be like Aquinas. Oh, I'm kidding. I answer that. No, <laughs> tell me more about what's going on. Cause other people might relate to it. Yeah, that's fair. So uh, we, we've talked last week. Let me change that. Other people definitely relate to it. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. We talked last week and the week before how we're kind of frustrated with the church writ large. Um, And I am, yeah, it's one of the hard things. It's like going through the stages of grief, you know, of like I, so many things have been lost, right? I just found out, I don't know if I talked about this on the podcast, but I just found out that summer training for Focus has been uh, canceled. Mm-hmm. And that's like a that was a pretty big blow, and I don't yeah. think I took the time necessarily to really think about it at the time that I heard, and so I was just kind of like I knew I was going to be upset, like really upset, and so instead of like allowing myself to be upset, I just said, well, I knew that I was going to be upset about this, so I don't necessarily need to be upset now, because um, I anticipated it, and so yeah, instead of being in Florida with all the missionaries for a month um, we're going to be doing something different and it's going to be weird it'll it'll be good obviously but um that just like was really tough and it was kind of the now like looking it just feels like there's nothing left to look forward to like i was like oh man at least mm. when we get through the year it's like i can go to training and i can be with all the missionaries it'll be like normal um but now it's yeah. it's it's still going to be weird until august and um kind of the weight of looking into the future and thinking lots of different things of like this doesn't feel like there's a point to it it doesn't feel like there's a like every time I call somebody or FaceTime somebody it's just the same conversation of like oh it's bad for you yeah cool it's bad here also Um, (laughs) yeah and like nobody's doing anything so there's nothing really to catch up on it's like oh you're still doing school cool like I guess I could share my prayer, but that that leads to the next point, which is prayer has been very difficult, um, mm-hmm. because I feel so. It's it's crazy how all these things work together. God God is so good to me, because on Monday and Tuesday I was like, this sucks. Like I don't even know where God is in all of this. It just seems like, obviously He wants something great for us in this time, but it feels like He's taken away everything that's great about my life, 
um, which is dramatic, but how it feels. God bless you. Thank you. And God bless America. <laughs> um, and so I go to prayer and I just, I feel alone, isolated. Like I can't, I'm not connecting with God. Like prayer is just so dry. Spiritual reading is dry. Scripture is dry. Everything's dry. Nothing is speaking to me. I can't find like the voice of God. I'm like trying to empty my mind, but my mind is so distracted and so busy. And like, there's all these things that I'm thinking about and I can't get my mind to quiet down no matter what I do. And it's just awful. And so I was just in this terrible mood. And then we were watching mass on Tuesday on the, on the TV. Um, and I'm like, this is just fake. This is a fake mass. This is stupid. We're just pretending to go to mass, but it's not real. We're not actually there. So why are we just watching on a screen? I'm tired of everything being on a screen. Um, Mm. and, I was really upset, and then we had this all-staff Bible study, okay? Now, it's easy to make fun of Curtis Martin because he's he's been saying the same things for years, right? He wears a brilliant red sweater um, when he speaks at SLS 2018. He sits on a... On the, <laughs> Exclusively at SLS 2018. He sits on the Iron Throne and listens to our podcast and gives us either a thumbs up or a thumbs down to determine whether or not we <laughs> live. Um like it's easy to kind of it's easy like because he's such a big personality it's easy to kind of like poke fun at him but he the man really is very holy and he knows scripture Mm -hmm. well and so they were doing this all-staff bible study him and skinny legend ted shree and just for the missionaries right and they were talking about jesus on the cross and kind of connecting some things um with the psalms obviously specifically psalm 22 which is the, my God, my God, why have you abandoned me psalm? Um, and it's the psalm that Jesus quotes on the cross, amongst others. And they kind of talked about how Jesus is praying Psalms 22 through 31-ish, like when he's on the cross, like we have, like th- based on the words that we know that he said, he's like referencing all of these psalms. And it was just incredible. And I was, they were talking about how Jesus was experiencing like the abandonment of the Father. Mm. emotionally for the first time. So like obviously God is God and like God can never be separated from God um, except in so far as separation happens in the Trinity, which is like separation, but also not separation because they're united even though they're separate, uh, which is the mystery of the Trinity, I suppose. Yes. This all makes sense to me, a human. Yes. And so, (laughs) but then like, I've never really understood like, Jesus, I think, in my mind previously, Jesus has always been saying, my God, my God, why have you abandoned me? As like a, like he's about to die and his human nature is like dying. And I guess it's just like, I didn't really like kind of reconcile it ever in my head. I was just like, oh, that makes sense because he's dying. But I didn't really think about it any more than that, you know? Um, But the way they explained it was like, ever since Jesus was incarnate, um, the second person of the Trinity always was in union with the father. He was always talking to the father, always being doing the will of the father, intimately knew the father. And then he said that like that moment on the cross where he says, um, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? It's like the first time that the father allows Jesus to experience what it's like for us when we don't feel emotionally like the presence of God in our mm-hmm. human nature. And that's like the first and only time that Jesus like experienced that. And just that kind of put a lot of things into perspective for me of like, okay, sometimes when things are hard, 
people will be like, oh, just unite this with Jesus on the cross. And I'm like, shut up. That's not helpful <laughs> right now. Like, obviously, yeah. obviously, that's what I should be doing. OK, like I know this, but it's 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 not useful in the moment when you're just like everything yeah. sucks. and I feel like God has abandoned me. And it's like, well, the Jesus felt like God abandoned him when he was hanging on the cross. I'm like, OK, great. Mm-hmm. Thank you, Sunday school teacher. To, um, to put it like to put it like this, I don't know if you've ever tried. This is a very specific situation, but if you've ever been in this situation, you'll know what I'm talking about. Have you ever tried to talk to someone who's experiencing depression and try and and suggest to them that they go on antidepressants? They get so pissed. Yes, they're yes, like, "That's exactly not helping right now." Yeah. Yes, and it's it's like, and as as an RA, I had to deal with this a couple of times, and I had to get over myself because I'm like, I know the solution. It's like you're experiencing insane depression you can't control. Now it's time for you to like talk to your counselor about about antidepressants. Bro, it's in and the they, name antidepressant. <laughs> Come on. But that's like that's not that's not addressing like the the, the, the spiritual aspect of what's happening. You're like you can't just relegate it to just some mechanical like all I gotta do is click this button and I'll feel better, you yes. know? Yes. Um and so just offer it up is that button. It's like, oh, I just got to click the offer it up switch. It's like offering it down right now. I just got to flip the switch to up offer and it. it's offered up. Yeah. That's exactly right. And kind of reading through that psalm helped a lot because I feel like the psalm is a lot more human in a way mm-hmm. than just saying, oh, be like Jesus on the cross. I I couldn't be... At the point where I am right now, if I'm being honest, like, I don't think I could be crucified, right? Like for the yeah. faith, you know, I, I don't, I think it would hurt. I think I would say, oof, ouch, owie, I can count all of my bones. And <laughs> thank you. Thank you. That was really good. Thank you. Um, and I would say, please stop. I'll give you whatever you want. You want my, you want my, what do you want? It's here. I'll, I'll give it to you. Please stop killing me. Um, I don't think I could do it. And so like. Yeah. Trying to picture I'm a lot more like Peter, right? Peter wasn't even there. You know, he he dipped. <laughs> and so like reading the psalm, especially Psalm 22 where it talks about um the experience of God being apart from you, the experience of not knowing where he is and how long it's going to be until he comes back. Um but then also saying like but and yet I know that you are like still holy. You are still like the God of Israel. All of these things. Like he's saying all the things. It feels like he's just kind of right. He's journaling. Like God, this sucks. Why are you gone? I know that you're real, but there's. I feel like I'm surrounded by a pack of evildoers that are trying to kill me and they're spitting on me. And like I believe in you and I trusted you, but like how long is it going to be until you come back? Like that's what that psalm. It feels like it's just real and honest. Um. Mm. And I think that's how those are meant to be prayed. And I don't really understood before this week that like that is what that is meant for. Like it's not just kind of a it's like a it's like a prayer that's pre written for me. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Which sounds so stupid, like duh, obviously, Ethan, you <laughs> moron. But um I guess viewing it in terms of that, like when it's hard to unite myself to the cross, quote unquote, it's like I can at least unite myself to the prayer of Jesus on the cross, you know, um, which is the Psalms. The Psalms in like a very special way, um, are Christ like in the sense that like in the Psalms, the word of God becomes human. Yes. Like the word of God is human in the, in the Psalms. It's like in, in more, more so than like a prophet speaking the words of God 
as God. It's like the Psalms are like the Psalms are the word of God. And the Psalms also include David saying, hey, I'm sorry I killed that guy so I could sleep with his wife. Please forgive me. You know, it's like that's the word of God. Yes. And it's human. Yes. And God has never sinned. But like that, that word of God has been given to us so that we can experience what it's like to have true repentance, even if we've never gone through that specific instance or something of that magnitude, right? And so, I think, I think, I think you're right. I I've definitely looked at Christ saying that as like more of like a oh he's just saying the he's just referencing you know he's making a reference he's fulfilling a prophecy right now he's, he's not fulfilling actually, a prophecy that's he's not all actually, he's doing like he's God he's not actually thinking about anything else he's like I gotta do this yeah. you know so they know check what, off they, so they know the that box. the Psalms are yeah. yeah but it's like no he's like actually from the depths of his heart and like from something yeah. that he's learned and said since he was a child like reacting to what's going on there's really yeah. not a lot of time to think about fulfilling prophecies when you're um when you have like three nails going through your body yeah it's like do we really think that as he's being brutally tortured completely naked reviled by all of his friends his thought is like oh got to got to fulfill that prof got to fulfill, fulfill that prof real quick got to fulfill <laughs> that prof hey can you guys take a take a quick tea quick time out I gotta, I gotta I, fill this prop. I gotta reference this prop. Um, Might mess around if I fill a prop. Hey, hey, make sure you um, grab hyssop. Make sure you grab hyssop. Put, hey, put, <laughs> put down that. Oak. I, I, <laughs> it's um, not what he's doing. It's like, it's all. Like, yeah. It, why, who are we to believe that anything that Jesus says is anything other than like the most true that anything could ever be true? You know? Mm-hmm. But that's and that's the truth. I will say this to you, and this is what I was gonna say at the beginning, and I'm glad I didn't. Because we talk about, we talked last week about how we don't want to be like, how to pray with Corona. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and it's, it's like, yeah, praying is the same, but like addressing the reality that it's harder to pray now is still something that's important. And I think something that first needs to be addressed is like, I was reading this blog from this guy, this author that I follow, and he was talking about how he loves to ski, but he lives in Nashville, and Nashville has, like, an elevation of, like, 500 feet above sea level. Yeah. And when he's out in Denver, he skis, like, every day with his friend. But when he's in Nashville, he doesn't. And he was like, if I if I made the goal when I was in Nashville to ski every day, that would be dumb because I'd have to drive 1,600 miles to do it, right, at, like, the place that I like. Yes. And so he's like, right now, there are certain things that, like, you just can't realistically do if you were if you were if you were deadlifting every week twice a week you're gonna lose some of that progress and you have to be okay with that and if you were if you like if you know that you need a class to like actually get like get work done when you're working out or if you know you need like a specific uh office environment to feel more productive and you're not feeling that product productivity be okay with that and do with what you have. And so if you're used to being able to go to the adoration chapel every day and like that's that routine and that trigger and that and that like that atmosphere you're used to praying in and you're shaken up like be okay with being in a weird place and then just work to do what do what you can, you know? As long as you're not using it as an excuse to not pray, God, you're fine. You know? You're fine. You're not less holy than when you were doing a holy hour every day. Yeah, but I, but also that was the other thing too. Is like another thing that good old Kurt said in the in the Bible study is like the the sacrifices that we choose prepare us for the sacrifices that we don't choose. And I'm like, yeah, that's such a fact. But now I'm experiencing a sacrifice that I didn't choose, and it seems like all of the sacrifices that I did choose prior to this moment have all been 
so silly and dumb and like <laughs> i f- it, it's hard because it's like this is this is supposed to be where the rubber meets the road you know like this is when saints are made like all right yes thank you knights of columbus twitter account but um th- but i i'm not my rubber isn't meeting my road you know like i'm not <laughs> <laughs> i'm not do i'm not like rising to the occasion i'm not rising to the challenge i feel like i'm coasting and like doing the bare minimum and it feels like none of the sacrifices that i've made have prepared me for this and even if they are supposed to like i am just like turning away and so it makes me think like it makes me legitimately ask the question of, like have i actually been growing in holiness or have i been so pleased with myself because i'm i'm checking off boxes um, but instead of checking off boxes in like a work setting, I'm just checking them off in a faith setting of like, oh, I read this book. I did this holy hour. I went to mass today. Like I do all these things. Um, and it makes me feel like I'm performing. But in the actuality, it's like, am I really growing in holiness or is it just like a glamorous sort of to do list that makes yeah. makes me feel good about myself? You know, I don't know. I will say that as your friend. I believe that you are and that is just like just based on the the exterior signs of growth and holiness I think that you are but I think that there's a I know there's a time for like reflection and I think in the midst of suffering that's not really a time (laughs) this isn't the time for reflection I shouldn't be reflecting I mean in terms of like oh no what if I was always not what if it's all a sham what if it's all a sham? I think that's yeah. not the kind of reflection that needs to be happening well, right now. It's like when it's you're in, late. when you're in, <laughs> when you're in, it's like when you're in desolation and when you're in, um, like the Ignatian principle, like when you're in desolation, don't make big life decisions. I think this, this, a similar thing is like, if you're in desolation, don't make, uh, spiritual, like don't, don't define your spiritual life at that point. Sure. Everything's going to be colored by the fact that you're in like a depressive yes. episode, right? Yes. Like it, and it's th- that's the thing. I think I think I think good old Kurt uh, is right when wait, <laughs> Mr. Martin is right when um, he says that the little sacrifices we choose prepare us for the sacrifices we don't. But I think it's also true that the sacrifices we don't choose prepare us to choose better ones in the future. True. Because now looking back, um, none of us are ever going to give up chocolate for Lent again. If we're actually approaching this spiritually, it's like that Lent was the most I've ever given up. Not willingly, so in the future I'm going to give up more. Hopefully, um, I hope that. Hopefully, true. yeah. Hopefully, I mean, I I know I'm going to be like, I mean, giving up, giving up, giving up Netflix was funny because like it allowed for a lot of silence. But the fact that I was now then I was forced to go into even more silence when I was by myself, it was it was torture. Mm-hmm. It was so much. <laughs> and if I was if I if I hadn't come back down to Texas, I would be going insane right now. But I think that I'm going to be more. Um, aggressive with attacking the things that I hold on to that I don't need because I've gone without a lot now. And I don't know. I think, I think that like I'm going to be able to give up more in the future. Um, so anyway, I, this is what I was going to say. Um, walking, I was walking through the snow one time and I kept looking back to see, um, my footprints. And then I noticed that as I was looking back to see my footprints, the footprints that were more close to where I was were not in a straight line anymore because I kept looking back to see where my footprints were. Um, and 
I will say like if you're walking and if you're walking, you can't check your progress, right? It's like you, you can't you can't check your progress as easily. You can like check back to make sure you're walking in a straight line. But honestly, like backwards isn't where you're going. So like who really cares what's behind there? The point is that, you know, you take up your cross daily. It's not like if you want to follow me, make sure you've already taken up your cross as much as possible and then take up your cross for the rest of, you know, it's a, I don't want to be flippant. I tend towards the more flippant side that's, when it comes to. No, that's fine. That doesn't offend me. Cool. It's the opposite. <laughs> it's the opposite of the advice that Tomater gave Lightning McQueen when he said, don't need to see where I'm going. Just need to know where I've been. <laughs> yeah. Don't be like Tomater. Don't be like Tomater, but without the tuh. Be like, be, be, don't be a tomator, be a tomist. Nope, don't be that either. Yep, yikes. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I think that's good. I think. Cool. <laughs> no, sorry. Uh, I'm not trying to diss on you. <laughs> I didn't feel like you were dissing on me. Sorry, I'm, a, I'm doing a podcast right now. I cannot FaceTime you. Um, the. I've completely lost my train of thought. You were talking about, um, I was talking about how good my advice was. Ah, yes. <laughs> <laughs> um, I think that's the hardest part is convincing myself that it's worth it to pick up the cross today because I've I've not picked it up many, many days in a row now. Um, yeah, I think that Jerry Seinfeld is oh. bad for this reason. Um, okay. <laughs> Please. Jerry Seinfeld has this thing. I don't know. I have. A, I, I, I don't think he's great. But I, he's awesome. Anyway, I don't care. Uh, Jerry Seinfeld does this thing where he write, he's like, I write a joke every day. And when I write a joke, it does not have to be a good one. It doesn't have to be a great one. I write a joke. And then oh, I have a calendar on my desk and I put a little X. And I love seeing all the chains. And I hate it when I see a broken one. And I'm the same way. Um, I love when I see that chain. But when I see a broken, when I see the broken chain, I'm like, well, it's all done. I failed. And then I don't go back to it. That's what happened both times I tried doing um, this website called 750 words. You write 750 words a day. I did it for like almost a hundred days in wow. a row, which is a lot. It's so many days. And it's so many days. It's a third of a year. I wrote 750 words a day and I had this chain and I missed a day. And then I tried getting back into it the next day, but it was just like half-hearted. And, and then the next day it was like, well, I'm, I'm still looking at the month and there's like a broken chain there. And like I, I, I lost the challenge and like I feel horrible. And it was like the, the challenge of get 100 days was like get 100 days in a row was so like was so cool. It was motivating at first. But a couple of times, you know what it did? I, I, it made me go in and copy my words from yesterday and paste them, Oh, Patrick, which is cheating. That's not writing. No, it's not. And that's the thing is like being, being so concerned with the streaks yeah. at Snapchat is just so toxic. A better attitude is don't miss two days in a row. Like if you, if you're sick today, fine, do it tomorrow. Like make sure you do it tomorrow. Don't miss two days in a row because it's like, it's, it's more about, it's more about like habit building and. Cause if okay, we've all been there where we've forgotten to brush our teeth once. You know, we're like, oh crap, we were in a rush and we brushed our teeth. But nobody's ever forgotten to brush their teeth two days in a row, because um, it's such a habit. You know, I can't say that I've ever forgotten. You've never forgotten to brush your teeth. No, because I in the morning because I feel it in my mouth. Yucky, ooh. And that's I, the point. Yeah. And then I. It's like you. You it. have you have this habit of brushing your teeth because you feel yucky in your mouth, 
And then sometimes you're like, oh, I overslept and I'm rushing. I need to grab breakfast. And you're like focused on like a billion things and you're running and then you forget to brush your teeth and you get halfway to work and you're like, mm. sometimes I forget to put a belt on. There you go. Sure. Okay. You forget to put a belt on. And then you go through your entire day and your pants are falling down. Most of the time you have to like hold your pants up and you hate it. And you're so uncomfortable because you forgot to put your belt on. And then you're like, I am not going to forget my belt tomorrow. And then that's like the first and thing. And then you check. wear two belts the next day. <laughs> to make up for it. Yeah. Um, yeah, I don't know. It, it's it's like, I, I see what you're saying. That that attitude of, it's like, what's it called? It's like an extremist mindset or it's like an all or nothing mindset of like, I have been imperfect and therefore, it's your tweet. It's what you said in the hot take time machine. It's okay to fall. Just get right back up. It's like, that was very true, but it's, it's very hard to actually practice. It's so difficult because I, I guess the thing that's important is to avoid like spiritual vanity. And I think that's the root sin for me here because, and this is when you start naming the sin, that's when you can really make progress, I think. So, because mm. I had such a good view of my own spiritual life that like one day the, you know, I, I kind of, the, the mirror was turned on me in a different way. Like I was, I no longer was able to, to light up my face in the way that I, that highlights all of my good angles and boy, howdy, there's a lot of them. But, um, <laughs> all of a sudden, like a, my lamp broke, my mirror kind of, uh, shifted. And now all of a sudden I'm seeing myself in a completely different light because God wanted me to, right. He wanted me to see like, yeah. Hey, everything that you thought was true is true because you think so highly of yourself. And not mm-hmm. not because you're actually pursuing me. It's because you're pursuing an ideal that you've created for yourself based on what you think that I want you to do. <laughs> I'm like, if I lived a monastic life, I'd be such a good prayer. And then God's like, here's a monastic life. And I'm like, nah, I don't feel like it today. <laughs> do they have YouTube in the monasteries? Because, yeah, because I need to watch some Gus and Eddie. Yeah. <laughs> so I think that's, that's the, the key for me is to not... Because ideals are so good, right? Like, I love setting up like a vision of like this is what it could be like right and then yeah. and then making steps to pursue that i think that's so valuable and important to cast incredible vision clear vision and like vision that is not so close that you can just do it tomorrow but like something that's far away but attainable you know like i think that's great and for me that's what i like to do for myself is like what if i lived like this you know like that would be crazy yeah. that'd be awesome what if like you read the stories of the lives of the saints you're like what if i modeled my life after theirs but the thing that we kind of glide over in the stories of the lives of the saints is all of their failures. <laughs> and we don't, <laughs> we don't like, we don't want to, we don't want our story, our autobio to have the failures in it. We want it to be one long thing of good times, baby. Let the good times roll. And when our biographer to be like, and then Patrick was perfect again. And then he got more perfecter than last time, which was really cool. And then he stayed super awesome. And then he died. But it's the, the reality is, is that God does not set up an ideal for us. Yeah. Even in the person of Christ, because Christ, um, I mean, yes, he was perfect and he was completely obedient to the father's will, but he still died. (laughs) Yeah. He's still, his friends all left him. He's still experienced the loss of the father on the cross. Like there's a lot of the, the agony in the garden, I think is just so important because it shows that, that struggle 
that's so that every single person alive faces of I want to do the right thing I can't do the right thing but I'll but I want to I need to but it's so hard I can't do it like that just back and forth Hmm. you know and I that that's like that's the ideal that God set up for us is we have to fight ourselves and like not 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 settle not be complacent but also not think that like Jesus shot down like a beam of light strutted around flicked pilot in the head he went flying backwards and said I'm the king now like he didn't do that he the ideal is one of uh of meekness and poverty and worldly failure um but then when we have when we are meek and when we're poor when we experience worldly failure we're like I didn't do it I did it wrong it's like yeah. no we didn't do it wrong but I don't know I don't know anything at all and that's that's something what did coronavirus do for you well in addition <laughs> to making me so sad it has made me realize that i know nothing <laughs> thank you coronavirus. all that i know etc cetera, etc cetera. um one one really good thing i guess you could say it's a good thing that's come out of it for me is that i honestly like i think i can honestly say that i would risk my life to go to mass again absolutely one of my other hot take time machines that I didn't read because it just didn't make any sense, but I'll read it now. It's from April 16, 2015. It says, haven't been to daily mass in two weeks. Angry face. It's like, wow, I predicted the future. <laughs> I just like, I don't know. It's, I haven't been looking. I was like searching myself because I was like dreading streaming mass on Sunday. And I was like, why? And then mass started and I like heard organ music play. And like, I saw the priest walk in, I saw incense and my heart just broke. And I was like, I wish I was there. It was like, it wasn't because like there was organ music and it wasn't because there was like incense. It was because like, I was like, I know it's about to happen and I don't get to be there and I don't get to receive him. And we're like at the point in, we're doing Bible studies with my youth group, which is so fun. They're learning so much and they're like eating it up. They're like, whoa, I didn't know this about this. And mm-hmm. it's so cool to watch them learn. Like I was like, it's kind of cool. Cause I'm like, I remember when I was learning all this. That's awesome. Um, it's funny. Cause I said, I taught them about, um, to, I taught them about how the, uh, the foot washing happened because Jesus took the lowest station and like the serve the like in, in that time, the servant that washed the feet was like the dirtiest. And so Jesus took the dirt and they didn't know that. And they were like, Whoa, really? And I was like, yeah, and I was like, this is something that I've heard like all the time. Yeah. And I, it's cool. Cause I get to like, just bring them truths of the faith that are just really cool. And like, and obviously we're talking a lot about the Eucharist and like the crucifixion and, and we're talking about the mass and it just really makes me miss it. And I think, I didn't want to, I didn't want to talk about this cause like, I didn't want to talk about like not going to mass because everyone has like a holier than thou take. And they're like, people, people want to be, people want to be the guy that risks their own lives and they're risking coronavirus to go to mass. But then people want to be holier than thou and say, well, I'm not risking my life or other people's lives for coronavirus going to mass. And I'm holier than you because I'm not going to mass and everyone wants to make it a big thing. But honestly, I just really miss going to mass. Same. I just really miss the Eucharist. Yeah hard not to <laughs> it's so good it's great it's a really good thing and i miss it i miss him a lot uh, this official position is this is <laughs> of this podcast is that the eucharist is good and that we miss it uh yes man 
I hope this wasn't a downer on your birthday. Oh, no, I'm feeling great. Okay, good. I feel great, too. Thank you for talking to me every week for the past three years and a half. Holy crap, you're right, except for that one Christmas. Except for that one Christmas where I thought we needed a break or whatever, but... Yeah, it was stupid. <laughs> kind of dumb. I mostly just didn't want to podcast at home. Because I didn't want to have to tell oh, my really? parents, like, hey, I'm going to go podcast, you know? I got to go podcast. I got to go podcast. Um, What's the... uh, What's the... How do people... All right, so we unfollowed everything on Twitter. I don't think I'm ever going to look at it. But what, what? Yeah, we follow. We unfollowed everybody on Twitter. Hey, um, if you if you like, if you know us on Twitter and you're like, oh man, I'm not gonna get to be able to talk to Pat and Ethan again. You can DM us. You can and talk to us and support us on we know Patreon. You, we'll give you our. <laughs> if we know you, we'll give you our numbers. Like if we're yeah. if we talk to you frequently, we'll text you. We don't care about that. If you need to talk to us, our DMs are still open. I'm just doing a no follow back policy now because I need my newsfeed clear. I, I unfollowed all my friends on Facebook. They're all still my friends. The only person I follow on Facebook that I get status updates from is Phoebe um, and the Patreons, the patron page. And that's been awesome. And I, oh, I also deleted all of my emails. Yay. Proud of <laughs> They're you. They're all man. gone. Yes. Inbox zero, baby. Good job. And so I, I'm like, I'm like clearing all my inboxes. I'm trying to figure out if there's a way to like, remove the message messaging notification abilities on um on facebook so i'm just tired of like having multiple inboxes but anyway you can support us on patreon.com slash the crunch and be a part of a growing movement an ever-growing movement um the more people that support us the fewer times patrick has to text me with confusing money questions so make sure that you support <laughs> us on support us on patreon so that i don't have to do math when I'm trying to do a puzzle, okay? Um, you can also be a part of the Patreon Facebook group, which is uh, where it happens. You know how they say what happens in Vegas stays in Vegas? What happens in the Crunch Patreon page is liable to be submitted to an attorney at my discretion. <laughs> it can be held against you in a court of law. Yes. It's really fun. You get to see pictures of me as a, a youngin. A youngin. I, uh, <laughs> other than that, you can follow me on Instagram where I post memes about Pope Benedict saying we live in a society, but that's it. That's all I use that for. Yeah, and you can follow my uh, his Instagram is at Ethan Stevie. Uh, my Instagram is at Patrick Nevy I I I, and you can follow me on. You can uh, subscribe to my blog where I post like three times a week, maybe, and it's all like short reflections and like thoughts that I have and want to work out. And the the purpose for the blog is to like get better at writing. So if you follow the blog, please tell me what you think and be like, Hey Patrick, you split an infinitive there and you suck at writing. I don't know what that means, but I do, I do know, <laughs> I do know that I would like to know if Pat has anything else for the people. Just remember um, that we are all, um, uh-huh. The people uh-huh. living for today. Mm. You ooh, 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 mm. may say I'm a dreamer, but I'm not the only one. I hope someday you will join us and the world will be as one. You're really big on singing today, huh? Yeah, it's, been, it's been quite a... Listen, it's my it's birthday. my birthday. Yeah, it is your sing. birthday. Thank you all for listening. Please pray for us, especially Patrick, because he's 23 now. And we'll be praying <laughs> for you. And we'll see you all next week. <laughs>